Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Swears and Does Hair podcast. I'm Sue Minsky, your host, bridal hairstylist, makeup artist, and business coach for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists. Well, today we are talking about mindset shifts to make you more money doing hair and makeup for weddings. So I want to talk about some of the things that we need to stop doing or stop telling ourselves that are holding us back from making more money and being more successful. Now, I try to typically stay away from the concept of of money and money goals and making more money because that shouldn't be the be all end all goal of your business. That's not the type of coach that I am. I don't give you, you know, guarantees and be like, I'll turn you into a six figure hairstylist or makeup artist or whatever. I don't want that to be the focus of what your business is. You should be focusing on building a healthy, sustainable business that balances your life with your working life. So today I'm taking a little bit of a step to the side and actually focusing a little bit more on money. Um, Not only do I have opportunities to work with me when it comes to specifically talking about money, like through my ultimate pricing guide, um, but if money is a focus for your business, if you're like, hey, I want to invest in myself more, I want to do more things, or I need to make more money in my business, Um, I wanted to give a few more resources uh, for things that you can do in your business. And so today's episode is going to be talking about mindset shifts because a lot of it comes down to the things that we tell ourselves inside. That imposter syndrome, uh, those excuses that we tell ourselves about what we can or cannot do in our business, what we can or cannot charge in our business, what other people will or will not pay for what we do. Those are the types of things that it's really, it's all in our mind. We don't know what other people are thinking. We don't know what they're willing to pay for. We don't know how much money they have in their bank account. We don't know how highly they value hair or makeup. Okay. So a lot of it starts in our mind. And I want to talk today about those shifts that we can make that ultimately bring us more money. There are physical things that we can do, like obviously raising our rates, adding fees, different things like that, that physically make us more money. But it all comes back to our mind first. So the first thing that I want you to do that I think is really holding you back is I want you to stop living in fear of bad reviews. I hear this as an excuse all the time, whether it's in one-on-one coaching calls, um, whether it's DMs or messages that people are sending to me, whether it's comments or things in Facebook groups, those kinds of things. A lot of people think 
that they cannot cannot do things in their business based on the potential for a bad review. And that is just a horrible mindset to have. And it's I understand where it comes from. It's very natural. We don't like criticism. We think that people's criticism is more valuable than ultimately it is. Um, but it's a horrible way to run your business because it limits so many different facets of us um, and how we do things from our processes to our prices um, to the internal messaging and self-worth that we have. All right. So if you live in fear of a bad review, you're going to hold yourself back. You're going to continue to play it safe. You're going to continue to play it small. And also, you are running the risk of giving back money that you worked for, that you earned and you uh, deserve to keep because of the threat or the fear of a bad review. You're letting people extort that from you, whether they're physically actually extorting it from you by threatening to leave a bad review. That's extortion. That's against the law. Okay. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. People can't threaten in order to get a refund. That's bullshit. Um, and it's illegal. So definitely let release that. Um, but beyond that, if people are implying, or if you're telling yourself in your, in your head, that they're going to leave a bad review. So maybe I should give them some money back to head it off at the pass. So, so it never gets to that point. I see this a lot specifically in Facebook groups. Um, people have something that went wrong at a trial. It usually happens more with a trial. Um, but sometimes they'll talk about a bad experience, something that happened on a wedding day. And they will ask, um, the group and they'll be like, should I give them a refund? I feel like I should refund them. I feel like I should give them some of their money back because of this. And they're trying to make up for it. Um, and I never agree to that unless there's like some absolute major thing that really you fucked up on and you did not deliver, then yes, the customer is owed probably some recompense. But, um, other than that, don't use the fear of a bad review to try and preemptively throw money at the problem. M throwing money at the problem is not beneficial, okay? We should be working with our clients to come to some other type of resolution to give them good customer service, all right? It's lazy customer service to give people their money back. That's not actually customer service. That's bribery, okay? You're extorting yourself at that point. Um and because you have this mindset of you're not good enough, a bad review will ruin your business and there's nothing else good enough about your business to overcome a bad review. One bad person, one bad review is just going to make it all come crumbling down. And that is because you lack the self-confidence and you have really bad imposter syndrome. If you live in fear of a bad review, that is a signal to me that you have imposter syndrome. You don't think your work is good enough, that you don't think your customer service is good enough, and that you don't trust yourself as a business owner to diffuse the situation and to come to a resolution with the customer. So 
this is a mindset shift that I want you to make that if you are fearing a bad review, that that is a sign of imposter syndrome. And what you need to do is you need to shift how you think of yourself and how you think of yourself as an artist and how you think of yourself as a business owner to overcome that imposter syndrome. And then you will never, it will never even become a question of, you know, whether you're scared of a bad review or whether you are concerned about having to give somebody their money back. You'll never even ask yourself that question anymore. If you feel like there's a bad review that's coming down the line, you'll already trust yourself as a business owner to resolve that in other ways or release that client and just release the stress that comes along with them. Because some people are never going to be satisfied. The only reason that they're bringing up issues with something that happened is because they want their money back and they think that they can manipulate you. And when you have confidence in yourself, you are not able to be manipulated that way, okay? And they can leave a bad review and you have confidence in yourself as a business owner that you can overcome it. So bad reviews and fear of bad reviews is really just a sign to tell yourself, I need to work on my mindset about what I think my value is. Do I think I'm good enough? And that could be different ways of um, building confidence in yourself, a resolution for that. Um, it could be maybe even going and seeing a therapist and being like, hey, I'm having self-confidence issues. I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. Can you help me? Maybe it just takes a few sessions of sitting there and talking with somebody and somebody who's a professional in you know, mental health to give you exercises and things um, to do daily affirmations or other habits and rituals that you can build around um, what you do to grow your self-confidence as a business owner, as, um, as an artist. It could be working with a business mentor or a coach, someone like me, to be like, hey, I'm kind of second-guessing myself when it comes to this business decision. Can I get your input on that? Can you help me work through this? So that way you have somebody who it's their job to help you work through business decisions so that you can feel more confident in your business decisions moving forward and saying, hey, um, you know, I don't feel confident in my pricing. So let me work with a business coach so I feel more confident in my pricing so that I don't feel like I have to over deliver or refund um, to head off a bad review that I feel now that my prices are in line and I feel comfortable and I feel confident and I know that my pricing is based on business decisions that are backed up by data and not emotions. And then you can feel more confident moving forward. Or it could be, um, you know, listening to a motivational speaker and starting a routine of daily affirmations of looking in the mirror and telling yourself, I am amazing at what I do. I am a good person. I'm a good human being. I have value. I have self-worth. I am not my business. I am not my prices and help you to kind of build your self-confidence as a person so that you can separate yourself and your self-worth from the success of your business. So if 
you know, worst case scenario that's never going to happen, a bad review burns your business to the ground. Your self-worth is no longer attached to your business because you worked on yourself first. And then you're like, that's fine. That's cool. I am still a amazing person and I can rebuild my business and I can start over and I can start from scratch. It'll be a lot of work and it'll fucking suck, but I can do it. So by working on yourself first, you grow your business, you shift that mindset because you lift that imposter syndrome, you lift that fear, and you're able to operate your business from a place of confidence. So you don't make bad decisions for your business based on that fear. And that confidence translates into how you carry yourself as a business artist, how you communicate with your clients, and their clients will pick up on that confidence. They will be like, this person knows what the fuck is up. They know what they're doing. They, they've got this. And they will have that confidence and that trust in you. And they'll be like, yeah, safe investment, safe bet. I will give my money to this person because clearly they got their shit together. They know how to run their business. They have, you know, a clearly defined um, system, process, and boundaries. They're not a newbie who is unsure of themselves, who is a pushover, who can be manipulated. They are a confident, successful stylist. I'm, I am going to give my money to somebody who I have confidence in because they have confidence in themselves first. So that's a huge mindset shift um, that makes you so much more money in the long run. Because if you are not in fear, if you're not believing this imposter syndrome, you have that confidence to run yourself or run your business um, so much better. Make price raises down the line whenever you want. Some people will wait until like October of November and they'll be like, okay, well, I'm raising my rates for next year and that's it. Or January 1st, my rate, my rates will raise and they'll try and like run some kind of end of the year promotion and be like, Hey, my rates are going up. So better book with me now. And one, I think that's just, that's kind of shit advice because why do you want to take up more spaces on your calendar at the lower rate? It may seem like in the long run, like, Hey, that's a great idea. Fill up all these spaces. Why fill them all up at a lower rate? First of all. Uh, and why does that only go into effect January 1st? Why can't you say on July 12th at noon, every new booking that comes in afterwards, 20 bucks more. Everything that comes in afterwards, 20 bucks more. If you inquired at uh, 11 o'clock, 11 a.m., well, your quote for those old rates, that expires in two weeks. If you don't book... Well, then afterwards, after 12, if you, you know, if you, if you contact me again, it's going to be a different rate. It's going to be higher. When you run yourself or you, excuse me, you run your business with that confidence in yourself and in your business decisions, you can tell yourself, all right, I'm cool with that. I am good with that. And I'm not going to second guess myself because I'm not, I'm not operating my business out of a sense of fear. And the fear of, of bad reviews is also the same thing as a fear of rejection because we see a review as being rejected. So those two are the same thing. You have to ask yourself, are you really fearing being rejected or are you fearing the review? 
because not every single person is going to happen to see that review. And guess what? People are intelligent. You can see a crazy review and be like, oh, that person was clearly crazy. Okay. You can see if a slew of fake reviews all came in in a short period of time. You can see when reviews were posted. As a consumer, it's our responsibility to look through everything. And some people don't even do that due diligence. So really, are you worried about the review? Do you think that is really going to have that big of an impact on your business? Or are you actually fearing rejection instead? So that's that mindset shift again. Are you really fearing a bad review? Or are you fearing rejection? So along that line, I want you to stop acting like one specific booking is going to make or break your business. Stop thinking that this client is what is going to start your career, boost your career, and that you somehow have to bend over backwards to make the experience so much better for this one person because, you know, they're, they're going to be that ticket. They're your golden ticket. Nobody is your golden ticket. Everybody is your golden ticket. Every single person who interacts with your business could be your golden ticket in disguise. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There was only a couple of golden tickets and they were all disguised by the chocolate bar. Nobody knew when they were buying that chocolate bar whether or not the golden ticket was inside. I want you to treat your customers that way, okay? I want you to treat everybody like they could be the golden ticket inside. You don't know who it's going to be. So everybody deserves the same level of attention and um, detail and professionalism as the next person. And you need to stop worrying that that person is going to somehow be able to burn your whole business to the ground because it goes right back to that. What can they really do? What can they really do? They can write a bad review. Okay, we've already talked about how we're not scared of that anymore. That's, that's really not going to actually do anything for our business. All right, because if it's not true, then we can have the review removed. And if they are extorting us, for a refund by threatening a bad review, well, we can move forward legally because that's against the law, okay? Um, if they are posting fake reviews, that's libel. We have the opportunity to, you know, to move forward and to, um, you know, go down the path of are, are we going to have lawyers involved? Are we going to, you know, sue them for defamation. And there's a good strong chance that we could win that. It's going to be a long, painful, pain in the ass process, but it hasn't even happened yet. So like, are we living in the fear that we're going to have to go through that? Or are we really just living in the fear of that rejection again? Okay. Because crazy people, it's, you didn't do anything wrong. If, if it's really this one person who's going to do all this damage to your business, I don't, you know, I, and I hear this a lot from people who like live in small towns. They somehow think that, that people in small towns are really all that different from people who live in bigger cities. Not, not, we're all the same, guys. At the end of the day, we have the same motivations as human beings. We all bleed red. We all, we all think the same when it comes to core things and who we are as a person, whether we are a good person or a bad person, 
it doesn't matter where we live. Now, the, the opportunity for information to spread faster in a small business, I understand where people can, can use that as a justification. Be like, oh, well, they know all of these people. Well, then if those people know them too, then they'll know if that person's full of shit. Okay, they know who that person is at their core. And if they are a shitty person who talks shit about people, I bet you your business ain't the first person that they've talked shit about. Okay, and the people that they're talking to know this. They're going to take what that person has to say with a grain of salt. You're not suddenly going to be the very first person that they've ever had a bad interaction with. And you don't have to worry so much about the bad interaction if you have confidence in yourself and resolving that afterwards. Okay, how do you handle that? Do you get angry and defensive? Do you try and just throw money at the problem? Or do you listen to their concerns and, and you know, make them feel heard? Do you make them feel validated? A lot of times people who get super angry about imperfect interactions, it's not the interaction that they're so angry about. They're mad about something else, okay? They want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. They want their feelings validated in some way. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with you, okay? Uh, so understanding that and being able to communicate with your clients and be like, hey, uh, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I'm sorry that this is how you're feeling about how things went. Let me, let me hear what you would like us to do as a resolution. I want to work with you. I want to make this right. Okay. A lot of times just being able to do that, you can diffuse a situation and be like, Hey, I hear you. You don't need to suddenly jump to defense and be like, Hey, well, you know, things ran late on your wedding day because, you know, you know this bridesmaid showed up late and she uh, didn't want to sit down. And then when she did sit down, she had her wet hair and all these things. And I did everything that I could and we want to defend our position and point blame. And that doesn't ever help a situation. So working our client communication and helping clients feel heard and feel validated, um, often helps to diffuse things uh, a lot quicker. So by doing that, we have better client interactions and we don't have to worry that this booking is going to break our business. It's not going to burn everything to the ground. One review is not going to do this. It, it builds our confidence. And I, you know, like I said, that helps us to make more money in the long run. I also want you to stop thinking that products fix problems. Product knowledge through education or experience can fix problems. That new foundation that you see somebody used in their Instagram reel and you comment and be like, oh, what foundation did you use? It looks so beautiful. Buying that foundation and using it on your clients is not going to fix your problems. That texture powder that that person to get those beautiful, fluffy, soft side braids is not going to necessarily give you beautiful, soft, fluffy side braids. You're either going to need to buy that product, work with it through experience to figure that shit out on your own, or you need to take an education course on big, fluffy braids. 
on how to build that skill for yourself. If you have somewhere artistically that is lacking, that you feel is lacking, if you're having problems with getting eyelashes to lay correctly, using a different type of eyelash is not going to fix that problem for you. You either need to get education on new techniques to do better, or you need more experience to build the muscle memory on how to lay that lash along the lash line better. There are products that definitely work better for certain situations than others, and using the wrong products can definitely impede your results. But your skill as an artist at the end of the day means that you can take shitty products in a shitty situation and do better with it. It's not the product at the end of the day that gives you the results. So stop throwing money at products. Invest in education. That is going to make you way more money because it's going to make you a much better artist, a much more confident artist. Okay, you're going to be able to deliver better quality results consistently. All right, and that's all going to translate to the client experience, to the photos that you post, to how you carry yourself, and in turn lead to more opportunities where potentially you could become the educator and bring more money into your business that way. So it's not the problem, guys. It is your your knowledge and your skill. And you get those only through either experience, which is the long road, okay? Or you could take the short road through education. So I always tell people, if you're having a problem, don't look for a product to fix it. Look for education to fix it and then a product to make it faster or a product to make it more consistent or easier for you to replicate those results. That's when products fix problems. When you're like, okay, I can do this, but it takes me longer. Or it's not always as consistent. This product helps bridge the gap between my skill and my outcome. You build up your skill and then the product bridges that gap. The next mindset shift I want you to really focus on is I want you to stop treating your business like a hobby. If you view your business as a hobby or a side hustle, everybody else is going to as well. How you approach your business, how you think of your business and how you think of yourself as a business owner is how the rest of the world sees you. If you walk out there with all the confidence in the world, that's going to translate. People are going to see that. We've already talked about that in the mindset stuff with the imposter syndrome and the living in fear and all that kind of stuff. That confidence translates. Well, if you believe that your business is a business, people will respect that and it will treat you like a business because you're going to be running yourself as a business. If you see yourself as a hobby, as a hobby hairstylist, a hobby makeup artist, that's how you're going to run your business. You're not going to have boundaries. You're probably not going to have a contract. You're not going to be willing to invest more in yourself because you're going to be like, this is just a hobby. Why would I spend $500 a year on a system like HoneyBook? Why would I accept credit card payments and pay those 3% transaction fees? It's just a hobby. It's not a real business. Why would I hire a CPA? Why would I invest in a business coach? Why would I pay to go to that hair class with that educator that I follow 
in whatever city when I can just I can just sit there on the couch and I can watch the reels. I can just learn from the reels. This isn't a real job. Do you see how, how your mindset about how you approach your business and how you see w- your role in the business shifts the actions that you take to support that? If you see yourself as a hobbyist, you're always going to take actions that walk you further down the hobbyist road. If you see yourself as an actual legitimate business, the steps that you take are going to continue to move you in that direction as well. They are going to support that you are a business. You're going to invest in the right tools and the right products and the right education um, to support yourself as a business. You're going to hire the right people, whether that is a coach, a CPA, a a lawyer, uh, an assistant, um, a you know, a social media manager or somebody who does your admin, all of those kinds of things. You're going to hire the right people. Your actions are going to support the goal in mind. And when you see yourself as a business, you have different goals. The next mindset, excuse me, mindset shift I want you to have when it comes to your business is I want you to stop thinking that you need to overgive in order to be valuable or worth your rates. You do not need to give away the farm. You do not need to perform other services that are not part of your job title. You do not need to give them all of these extra wonderful things in this big touch-up kit. You only need to solve their problem. That's it. You need to be able to solve their problem and then you're worth their your rates. If, if the the solution that you provide solves their problem completely, then you are worth what you charge. It's really that simple, okay? And if you understand who your client is and what their budget is, they're going to compare your solution to your rate and go, yeah, that's right. That's what I think. That's what I think it should be. Because you get what you pay for. Does your solution give them what they've paid for it? And your solution of their problem. You don't have to give them things. Okay. In order to justify that, it's not giving more or doing more. It's it's being able to articulate how you solve it better than everyone else. That's where the difference comes. You can solve their problem and if they still don't see the value, then it's not giving them more or doing more that gets you there. It's articulating how you solve it better than everyone else. If you are a hairstylist, they are hiring you because they need somebody to do their hair. How do you solve that problem better than the hairstylist down the street? Why are you worth what you charge? It's not because you do all these other non-hairstylist related things. There are certain actions that as a bridal hairstylist are expected of us. We are expected to put together some sort of timeline. That's an expectation. That's That's part of our job description. So doing that is part of the job description. Articulating how that solves their problem and how you solve that problem better than the other hairstylist down the street is talking about how what your job description already covers, writing out a timeline, 
I save you the time from having to write that timeline yourself. I run the timeline on the day of. So you can sit back and you can relax. I will be the one to go and grab your, your bridesmaids, get them to sit down and work with them. I will stick to the timeline. I will be the person sitting there watching the clock and making sure that things don't run late. You're, you're taking what you already do, that you write a timeline, that's part of your job description. And you're articulating how that benefits them and helps them solve their problem. So they're not only getting their hair done, but they're staying on time. That's a pretty standard expectation. If you're, you're hired to be there and everybody needs to be done by one o'clock, you should fucking finish by one o'clock. Like that's just, that's basic job description, okay? Obviously there are going to be extenuating circumstances where sometimes we are doing everything that we can and somebody fucks stuff up and the timeline runs over time. Yeah, there's going to be those type of situations that come up but that's a minority, okay? If you are able to solve the problem of doing the hair by the deadline, that's why they're hiring you. They're, you're worth what you charge because they have confidence in you that you are going to live up to that expectation. You're going to solve that problem. I'm going to get everybody's hair done by one o'clock. That is what I do. I'm going to be able to do that to you. Here's how much I charge for that. Okay? So... You don't have to do anything else outside of your job description. You just need to solve their problem. And then getting people to understand, well, why are you more than the other person? Well, here's how I solve your problem better. When it comes to mindset shifts for more money, I want you to stop overbooking. And you might be thinking, well, how does not overbooking make me more money. Booking a lot of stuff is what makes me the money. Well, kind of, but also no. You perform at your best when you take the time to recharge. Exhaustion and burnout lead to a poor client experience. And what that leads to is if you have a, a poor client experience, you don't get the same quality of tips of reviews it might be even more difficult to get them to send photos along to you uh, you're not going to get them sharing and tagging on social media and talking to all of their friends who are getting engaged about what the amazing experience that they had working with you because on the morning of you're still tired from the wedding or the client the day before so you have low energy so you're like, when you're getting ready, you're like, okay, you know what? This is good enough. You don't take the extra time to make sure that you are refreshed and your energy has been replaced. And I don't just mean like physical energy. Are you too tired to operate heavy machinery or put a hot curling iron near someone's ear? Like your, your emotional and mental energy. Are you showing up to that wedding being like, I'm so fucking tired. I can't wait to go home already. I wish I didn't have that wedding tomorrow. I would love to just sleep in. How we feel about things and that internal monologue that we, we have to talk about our business, just like when I talked about, you know, do you see yourself as a business or as a hobby? We all have an internal monologue. 
that we use all day long to talk about the experiences that we are either currently having, have had, or have coming up. Okay, and we are talking to ourselves and we're setting our reality. We are setting our perception of how we view things. And if we are going into a wedding being negative and already dreading it and being exhausted, it, we have an internal monologue coming in the night before being like, fuck, I'm so tired. I have to go to bed early. I have to get up early. I don't want to be standing on my feet for a couple of more hours. Or maybe we've had a, a bad experience with this bride and we were just like, you know what, but I can't get, I can't, you know, get rid of this bride. It has been nine months of stress. And I just, I can't wait to get through this wedding. I can't wait to get it over with. We show up and we can try and fake our way through being like, hey, happy wedding day. Yes, sure. Okay, let's do it. We can fake that. And for a large portion of the, you know, of the population, they might believe it. Okay, some of us are really, really great actors. And some of us not so much. People can feel the energy of whether you really want to be there or you're faking it. You're you're getting through the experience. Okay, and people deserve to hire people who actually want to be there, who actually love their job. Because the, the tone of your conversations shift. If you have this internal monologue that is negative, it's much harder to overcome that and have a positive conversation out loud. If in the back of your mind you're thinking, fuck, 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 you're not going to really be coming out with super happy thoughts out your mouth. You're not going to be able to have a, a happy conversation. People are going to feel that you're distracted, that you're tired, or that something's bothering you. I've definitely hired, you know, assistants who have come in on a wedding day and they have overbooked themselves. They're exhausted from the day before. And I see them just over in the corner, just like they're getting it done. They're, they're doing the hair. They're doing the makeup. They're getting through it. And then I'm like, hey, you want to go grab lunch afterwards? I was like, no, I can't. I'm just, I'm so tired. I had a wedding yesterday. I have a, another wedding tomorrow. Or they're like, no, I need to head to my next client. I need to go. They don't have any time for themselves to replenish and recharge. They're just go, 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 go. And then they tell themselves, well, that's fine. I'll just crash on Monday or Tuesday. Well, what happens on Monday and Tuesday is we think that we are replenishing and we think that we are recharging, but we're really not. We're just shutting down. Nothing's really getting replenished. And then we don't have the opportunity to focus on the other relationships in our life, whether that's our friends, whether that's our family, or emails, things like that. We're so burnt out from having to fake this energy over the weekend rather than genuinely actually just, you know, being happy and, and being positive. Um, and, and putting that energy out there, it, it's, it's naturally there. We have to create it. We have to make it. We have to fake it. Okay. And that takes more out of us. So we're just, we're shutting down. And then we don't have that time. We don't have that energy to respond to emails quickly. And we're just like, you know what? I'm just going to post on my Instagram stories. I've had a lot going on this weekend. Sorry, I'll get back to everybody's emails later. As a client, that would be throwing off red flags to me. As a business coach, when I see people who post that, that throws off red flags to me. 
And trust me, it takes everything within me not to jump into your DMs and be like, so let's chat about how you can have more balance in your life. Let's chat about how you can stop overworking yourself because I see you. As a business coach, maybe as, you know, because it's my job and because I've been in the industry so long, but I can spot burnout and when people are just not feeling it by your Instagram stories and by your posts. I can tell whether you give two shits about your job right now or not. And if I can see it, there's probably clients that can see it too. It's not just because I'm in this industry and looking out for those kinds of things. Like sometimes you think you're just being like, well, I'm just being honest about life and whatever. And everybody has shit going on. Yeah, you're right. Everybody has shit that's going on. And that's why we hire other people to handle the shit that we don't want to deal with. And I don't want to hire somebody who doesn't want to deal with my shit either. I don't want to deal with my shit. You should want to deal with my shit because that's what I'm paying you for. I'm, I'm paying you to solve my problem. I want to have confidence that you're actually going to be able to do that. And you're not just burning yourself out looking for money. So when you are able to balance your schedule with times of work and times of replenishment, then that's more sustainable. You can't just crash in the wintertime because there's less weddings and be like, well, I'll take all of my vacations in January. That's not good because then the rest of the year, what are you doing? You're counting down the days until January. And then that leads to a negative dialogue internally about, oh, it's October. It's October. I can't, I can't wait for October to be over. And then it's just two more months to January. And you can't really enjoy your life. You can enjoy those kinds of things. One of the first things that I talk with when I do coaching sessions with people is let's take a look at your schedule. If you go and you download my engagement season checklist, I talk about this, okay? And I'll, I'll put the link to that in the show notes of this if you guys are interested. But I talk about, you know, when you're mapping things out and you're planning things out before engagement season hits, plan your time off. And when I coach with people, I'm like, okay, where can we take time off? Let's start blocking stuff out. Uh, one of my coaching students, Giselle, this year, she decided that she was not going to block um, work weddings um, on Sundays in the fall. She was like, no, she's like, I'm not working any Sundays. Her son, she signed him up for um, lacrosse. He has lacrosse every Sunday morning. And she is so much happier and less stressed because she knows, okay, she is going to have Sunday off and it is dedicated family time. So if a request comes in for a Sunday, she automatically, she already knows. She's like, nope, here's my referral list of other people who can meet your needs on that day. I'm not available. And she commits that to herself. She's able to have more time with her family and with her friendships and to go and to do things and to replenish herself so she can start the week off on Monday being like, yes, I'm not exhausted. I'm not already dreading this new week coming up. She's able to have better boundaries with her working time. She doesn't work, you know, check emails and respond to stuff past a certain time. She doesn't do it before a certain time. She has prioritized her time 
instead of being like, well, I'll just take anything and everything that comes in and I will book and book and book and book and book and I'll, I'll crash on Monday or I'll crash in January or after the holidays or whenever this mythical time you think you're suddenly going to wake up that day and be like, well, now I have more energy because it's Monday. No, you just don't have shit that you have to do on Monday. You just have shit that you're you're ignoring now because you don't have the energy to do it. And that's not healthy. I used to operate that way. I would work so many days during the week with salon clients. And then I was like, well, Mondays are my day off. And then Monday would come around and I would just sit there and be like, I am so fucking drained. I can't get anything done today. And I would be happy if I like went and did the weekly grocery shopping on Monday and be like, woohoo, I accomplished something. I, I did my grocery shopping today. And that's not a healthy way to live. You know, I didn't have any time with my friends or my family. You know, my housework started to suffer. When you're trying to juggle so many things, if you don't have your time prioritized properly, you're just going to start dropping things. Things are going to start to suffer. Your housework's going to start to suffer or your client relationships are going to start to suffer. You're not going to be responding to emails as quickly because you just don't have the mental capacity. You've been working, doing weddings and clients for days, and now you have to do the emails and that's just too much for you to think about. Burnout is not healthy and burnout is not sustainable. So if you want to make more money in the long run, you need to stop overbooking yourself. You need to take strategic time off on a consistent basis so that every time you're interacting with a client, you are giving it 100%. You're giving them 100% because that's what they deserve. If you had to put on your website, I might show up exhausted. I might only put 75% in of myself that day. Can't make any guarantees. Do you think anybody would look at that and be like, oh yes, I have total faith and confidence that this person will be great on my wedding day. I'll give them thousands of dollars. No, nobody's going to. You owe them. They are expecting you to show up and to put 100% in. And that's what you should be doing as a business owner. You should be giving every single client 100%. And in order to do that, you have to have time off to recharge back up to 100%. Better client experience leads to more future bookings. It leads to a general happiness. And when you are happy in your business, you have confidence. When you are stressed and you are overbooked and you are burnt out, you do not operate your business the same. You don't have the same internal dialogue. So you don't make business decisions the same as you would if you were happy stress-free, relaxed, confident in your business, you're not going to go, well, should I raise my prices $10 or should I raise my prices $20? Should I wait until January to do that? You're going to make business decisions based off of what your mental capacity and your internal monologue are. And you want to always be making sure that you are doing your best to operate those at 100%. So you're making the best decisions for your business because that is how you make money. You make money by making good business decisions. And if you're operating from a time of of burnout and mental stress, then you're not going to be making the best business decisions. And the last mindset shift I want you to make when it comes to making more money in your business is I want you to stop trying to do everything yourself. 
paying other people to do things for you makes you more money. It costs you a little bit of money, but you make more money. You pay for an advertisement because it's going to bring you more money. It's going to bring you more business. Now, whether you're paying for things with money or you're paying for things with time, you are consistently and continually daily making investments. You are paying something in your business every single day to grow your business and a business that grows makes you money. So if you see things that way and you shift your mindset and be like, well, I have to pay to continue to make money. Well, where can I pay more strategically? And that could be hiring assistants to help you with large bridal parties so that you can operate at a higher capacity. I want you to go back a couple of episodes and listen to the one that I have on assisting do's and don'ts where I talk about, you know, being able to give 100% again to those clients that are in your chair because you're not standing on your feet for eight hours or nine hours. You're not trying to do 10 or 12 services all on your own, where by the end, you're just like, and that's good enough, and I'm leaving, okay? You deserve to give every single person, whether it's a bride, a bridesmaid, a mother-in-law, a mother, a flower girl, anybody, whoever sits in your chair deserves to have 100% of you, deserves to have the best experience possible. And sometimes that means that you have to hire other people to take some of those things off your plate. Okay, so hiring an assistant. Um, Maybe it is hiring somebody to do your taxes for you. Okay, take that stress off of your plate. When you have more time to focus on the things in your business that you enjoy doing or the things that make you money, you you can grow. Okay, if you're spending all of this time trying to do your taxes for yourself, to save you the money of paying a CPA, then that's money you're taking away from time that you could be working on um, refreshing your website, doing some admin, getting reviews, getting photos, um, editing a reel to help uh, grow your brand awareness, practicing on your doll head to learn Um, how to get these beautiful fluffy braids. Like I was talking about, it's not the product, it's the experience. You can either do it through time, you're investing and you're paying your time practicing on your own, okay? Or it could be the time off that you need to physically go to a class to get that education so that you can leapfrog and jump ahead faster. You can get to that end destination of being able to complete that skill faster, Because you're just like, you know what? I don't have time. I don't have time to do my taxes. I'm going to hire somebody else to do it. So you're putting your time into something else that makes you money rather than just takes your time. So stop thinking that doing everything yourself is actually making you money or is saving you money. It's not. It's costing you money. Because every minute you, you spend doing something else, you could be doing um, something that grows your business and actually makes you more money. So these are the mindset shifts I want you to think about when it comes to your business and how you can make more money. Because like I said, it really all starts 
inside yourself. It starts with how we speak to ourselves about ourselves and our self-worth and how we speak to ourselves about our business, how good we are with it, how confident we are as a business owner, how happy we are in our business. All of these these conversations that we are having with ourselves internally fuel our decisions that we make um, moving forward and either inhibit our ability to make money and grow or, you know, perpetuate it and, and, and help us to grow and to make that money. So I want you to stop acting um, like a specific client is going to make or break your business and live in fear of bad reviews or rejection. I want you to stop thinking that products fix problems. Remember, product knowledge through education or experiences can fix your problem or bridge the gap between your skill and consistent outcome. I want you to stop treating your business like a hobby and thinking that you need to overgive in order to be valuable or worth your rates. I especially want you to stop overbooking, overextending yourself, and trying to do everything on your own in the, with the excuse of making money or saving money. You're actually doing yourself a disservice and you're creating fewer opportunities to make money in the future. So that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I would love your feedback. If you have a moment, please take a second. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and leave me a review. Um, You can leave reviews on Spotify now. Um, You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, or you can just send me a DM and let me know, did you enjoy this episode? Um, I enjoy getting those DMs more than I can possibly express to you. Um, hearing somebody say, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, that really helps shift my, my mindset or my perspective on this particular topic. Um, that is why I do what I do. I don't make money from podcasting. I sit here in my basement with my microphone and my headphones and I talk for hours until I talk myself sore in the throat sometimes. And then I spend hours editing these and uploading them. I don't do that to make money. I do that to help to grow your business and to shift your mindset and to hopefully inspire you to make better business decisions. So um, being able to hear from my listeners how that has helped them really helps me to um, motivate me to continue to go and and do these things. Um, So if you enjoy my episodes, please leave me a review or just send me a simple DM and let me know your thoughts. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. 
And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.